You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. We have a very special guest tonight, Israeli ambassador, among other things, Danny Ayalon. Danny, thank you for taking the time to talk with us, especially for having us in your home. It's my pleasure, Barry. It's my honor. home is your home. It's very kind. So you are an Israeli diplomat, a columnist, a politician. You were ambassador to the United States. Um, you're a writer. You're kind of the expert on the relationship between Israel and the United States. So we've got a lot of important stuff we want to hear your viewpoint on. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a corollary to your um, ambassadorship, you have an Israeli understanding of the importance of the relationship between Israel and the United States. Let's talk about that to start. Well, first of all, Barry, I can tell you that... Um just on the on the, the surface, you know, Israel and the United States are great friends because of common interests and threats. But it's much more than that. And uh, Israel and the United States are natural allies. It's because of the ethos, it's because of the common identity to the core, being uh, democratic states, uh, really willing to defend our culture. Also, there is a similarity of being in a country of immigrants coming to desolate land, whether it was 300 years ago in, uh, in North America um, or 150 years ago coming back to our own land here in Israel, which was called then Palestine, which is a Roman name. Uh, so we know we are uh, dedicated as you are, we are industrious, and we are not apologetic about our achievements and in today's world I think this is doubly important the alliance between Israel and the United States because we have those who are really trying to get us down um, basically to kill us literally whether they are the Iranian Ayatollahs who are still still um, I mean they have not um, they have not uh, forgotten their uh, mission in their eyes to right. become nuclear and to become the hegemonist in the area and beyond. We have the ISIS, we have the Hezbollah, we have the, the Hamas. All of them come from the same root, uh, Muslim brotherhoods, and, uh, and, and they are really the antithesis to the Judeo-Christian heritage. And, and this is why it is important, because today, unfortunately, with, uh, I mean, being the post-modernistic era, as they call it. You know, today everything is post. Post-Zionism, post this, post that. Um, people do not, I mean, they have lost their identity, their sense of pride in who they are and in their country and in their nationality. And I think this is where Israel and the United States can build on each other. Um, so in that respect, um, of course, uh, we are the, the junior partner I have always realized that, and uh, is the American support for Israel is critical, but Israel's, I would say, role for American interest and, um, and security is also very, very important. Many, many American lives vary, and you know that we're saved because of Israeli intelligence, because of the cooperation that we have. We have the state-of-the-art um, technology. On, on different things that, of course, the U.S. is, as our ally, uh, is enjoying it. 
whether it's missile defense, we're at the cutting edge, whether it's, you know, like Iron Dome and others in the Aero, whether it's cybersecurity and many, many other things. So um, as I see today, uh, things have gotten back to the right track uh, between the two administrations, Jerusalem and, and Washington, but still I worry about the public opinion because there are those who are trying to disrupt and uh, to make us um, self-guessing and who try to really rattle the cage and make us doubtful of our own heritage. And those who are strong enough, those who know the facts, those who know their history, of course, they are not being influenced. But there are so many, unfortunately, that either they are not educated or they are not uh, educated in a specific uh, history and some of them fall prey well, into their lies and insight. Let's talk about the the big misconception about settlements that uh, Jews uh, across the Green Line, the um, 1948 armistice yeah. uh, line that was never a border, but right. it just sort of the troops ended up there. Right that Jews that live on the other side of that are somehow invading Palestinian land. That has become the narrative in the West. Mm -hmm. And uh, in American politics, you don't even run for anything until you say, uh, I'm for a two-state solution. The, the area west of the Jordan and on the other side of the Green Line, that part in the middle is Palestinian land historically, and they should have it. Mm -hmm. And that's where their country will be, mm -hmm. and the Jews will be on the other side. What's your opinion about that argument? Because it's the biggest argument being used against Israel in the West. Right. And, uh, and again, unfortunately, the Palestinians and their collaborators have been so relentless and unfortunately so effective in the media, in campuses, everywhere else, telling their own false narrative, rewriting history, rewriting the Bible, anything that you can think about. And here, uh, and I also at fault, because I served you know, in successive Israeli, in different, quite a few Israeli governments, we have not really come up with, um, you know, in a, in a timely way to dispel the lies. Only now we, we understand how bad, how strategically uh, threatening it is, because what the Palestinians are waging is what I call a political terror. It's not just a terror on the ground, it's a political terror, trying to really rob us of our identity, of our history, of our connection to our land. So uh, there is nothing which is more Jewish than what is called the West Bank of the Jordan River, Judea and Samaria. This is the cradle of Jewish history, Jewish culture, the Jewish identity, and everything that goes with it. If you believe the Bible, uh, it's a history book, and there are cities all over Judea and Samaria right. in the Bible from 3,000 years ago. Right. Where the Jews were here, the Jews were there, the Jews were here, the Jews were there. And yet, that narrative of this is historic Palestinian land and should be their homeland because they're the ones that have already been here, how has that gotten sold throughout the West? Do you know, Barry, that the term Palestinians did not come up until probably the age of television, not before, maybe even later, 50s and 60s. Before that, they were called Arabs. And, uh, Jordanian Arabs, or Jordanian actually. Jordanian Arabs or, or Palestinian Arabs. You know, see, Palestine, Palestina, Palestine, which um, was an administrative unit, you know, 
when from the Roman, Roman Empire. Yeah, until the, the British mandate, through the occupation of the Ottoman Empire for 400 years. Actually, the only owners of this land have only been the Jews. All the others were occupiers here. And this is why the, the country was so barren. Because when you are a visitor or an occupier, you don't care about the land. You don't invest. Right. You're going to live. When it's your own home, you see what we have become. A great culture, agriculture, and, and, and heights, whatever. You know, because we love the country because it's ours. We own it. Now, in 1947, 48, or before, there were Palestinian Arabs and Palestinian Jews. The UN, and, and you know, the, the, the Palestinians always go to UN security uh, or the UN resolutions and all that, which is also a joke because... Uh, the UN today is a rubber stamp for the Palestinians because of the automatic majority that the Arab countries have and the Muslim countries have and all that. But in 1947, when the UN was still controlled by Western countries, or, or at least they were the majority, they had it right. And Resolution 181 from 29th of uh, November 1947, when the decision was the British go out of uh, Palestine and Palestine is going to be partitioned. It was very hard for us. You know, it's like Solomon's... Um, uh, baby. Right. But we were ready to do that. And what was the idea? And in the, in the language, the formal uh, language of the UN was that the two states which will be created will be an Arab state, I quote from the... Not Palestinian state, an Arab state and a Jewish state. For those now that do not want to recognize Israel as a Jewish state, this is the UN language in a legalistic, in a formal way. But what happened since then, it all went, you know, sliding down, uh, down the hill because um, they never wanted us here. They never accepted that we are here in our own rights. And you know it, you know the history. From 1948, when we won the war, and this is just amazing, you know, we were there at that time, 600,000 Jews. By the way, it's the same number of Jews that left out of Egypt uh, with Moses. Quite interesting how numbers repeat in a, in a, in a cyclical way through our, our history. Anyway, uh, in, in this case, uh, 600,000 Jews legally, legitimately uh, declaring their independence, recreating the state. The state was not created in 1948 and it was not created by by the UN. We were established 4,000 years ago as a, as a people by uh, uh, Abraham and 3,000 years ago as a sovereign country by King David. But we, so we were recreated in 1948 as we declared and the very first day all Arab countries, 100 million hostile Arabs attacked us. What are the odds that 600,000 could face up to 100 million? Not only we survived, we thrived, we won the war. And since then, since the Arabs, and until now, whether it's the Arabs, the Muslims, the Palestinians, where they could not fight us on the ground, then they go to different tactics. So in military, they lost. Economic boycott, they lost. Uh, terrorism and ballistic missiles, they lost. So they go into this PR war, trying to erase our, our history. But they had the land, you know, the West Bank, the, 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 the Arab Palestinians had it from 48 until 1967, when again we were attacked. 
and um, they didn't create their own state at that time. It was annexed by Jordan. Nobody, you know, really had a pipsqueak about it. So uh, we have to understand. Once we know the facts, you know the hoax about it. We are there uh, with our own right. We don't have to be apologetic about uh, the Jewish communities in the West Bank. And just as Arabs, Arab Israelis, or what are called today Palestinians, they can live anywhere in Israel. You know, about almost 25% of our population is Arab. With full, full, rights, full equal rights. Full equal rights, represented in the Knesset, in the Supreme Court, get their, the best education they can. Um, so, that, could be, that should be the same yardstick for Jews in the, the West. So, 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 in terms of the solution, mm -hmm. if, if you were running things, and I don't mean just in Jerusalem, but mm -hmm. you had some sort of divine ability to make things the way you, mm -hmm. Danny Ayalon wants them to be, mm -hmm. what's the solution? The solution is a one state from the, the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. There is no room for two, uh, more than one country. Um, I mean, you would put, if you have two states there, you put them in an impossible position, which would create uh, conflict and, I mean, inve in, in, inevitable fights and wars in the future. So the only way to do it is to have the, the Israeli state here. I wouldn't, of course, touch the, the, the population, you know, you know, we are very humane, but the, the Arabs who live there would vote for their uh, uh, parliament in Amman. And there is no, um, I mean, it, it's not a unique um, experience. They would be residents of the country, of, of the state of Israel, but they will be citizens of the other state. And I think by that, uh, it would make room for everyone here with the, with the possibility of real truth or reconciliation, which is also based on very, very strong economic, security, uh, culture, uh, joint ventures. Um, I believe that should be the way. So you have a, uh, I've never heard this concept before. Um, we've, we've done some other interviews here in Israel where the discussion has revolved around the two issues, which mm -hmm. is uh, how do you preserve geography so that Israel is defendable? Your solution handles that. But on a demographic viewpoint, if you keep those populations where they are, mm -hmm. then Israel, in terms of its geographic boundary from the river to the sea, would be um, about 65% or 60% Jewish and 40% Arab Muslim. What you're saying, I think, is the Arabs between more or less the green line and the river would not have states' rights within the state of Israel not voting, not participating in governmental self-representation, they would be voting East. Right, because they are not Israeli citizens now. Because the status of the land, you know, of Judea and Samaria, has never been determined. 
they were considered Jordanians until 67. Right. They should be considered Jordanians now. Even though the king doesn't want them. <laughs> we, we, you know, they, they can do a confederation. You know, that, that, that could be dealt with. That could be dealt with. I think that the king doesn't want them in his own backyard because he knows 1970, Arafat and the Palestinians tried. They tried to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if we allow them, we're not going to transfer anybody. No, it's against our culture. It's against our old, um, our values. They stay where they are. But they are not stateless because they can be Jordanians, like, just like they were before 1967. So under your concept, Danny, they could still participate in public services and healthcare and so on, or they're, they're participating in whatever Jordan does for them? Okay. They because I think are... it would create resentment if they see other Arabs that are Israelis. Right. They have a higher standard of living. Right. They have an economic opportunity. Right. They have access to education. Right. They have a complete dream of mm -hmm. upward um, sustainability mm -hmm. and self-improvement mm -hmm. that nobody in the Arab world that's Muslim has this in any country, unless they're a member of a royal family. This is correct. So here, it's again, the, 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 the yardstick is very logical and I think is also very fair. Those Arabs who have Israeli citizenship, of course they cannot be stripped out of them. They will continue to be Israeli uh, citizens. Those who are not, will not. They, they, they have no rights to do that. However, since they will be residents of the state of Israel, then they will have all the economic rights and they know um, employment and everything else, education. Just think like of expatriates. Let's say um, in Europe, you have British who study in France or work, in, or work in France or Italians who work in Spain or vice versa. They are still considered citizens of their own country. They are residents of their host country, and they are very happy. That should be the, the, the same thing here. I believe that once we have a real, true, lasting peace, which is based, again, on, on, on security and uh, joint venture, economic, and, of course, recognition of each other, then um, what Israel did with where we are today would be replicated in the West Bank. And, and, and I believe this cooperation could bring the West Bank to um, Judea and Samaria and the, the residents, the people there, to a standard of living which would be just on par with what we have here. It's a fascinating concept. It's the uh, simplest one. And, I, you know, keep it simple. I always say keep it simple. And, uh, and, and that's the way to, to really make things work. So you have this organization, Truth About Israel. Is this, yes. Is this the... Uh, the sales pitch from Truth About Israel, or is that something different? Well, also, yes, uh, I have not quite dealt with the solutions because we had so many other things to work with to dispel all the lies of the Palestinians about Jerusalem and refugees and, uh, and uh, security issues and, you know, quote-unquote, dispel the apartheid story, which is also very ridiculous. Um, so, I, yes, I founded Truth About Israel when I left government about three and a half uh, years ago simply buried to level the playing fields for Israel in social media. And, um, and since then, and we're doing very, very um, short, succinct clips, which have been watched by millions. It's just beautifully being uh, um, dissipated, disseminated, shared, and likes, and all that. And, uh, and the goal here is very, very specific. I want that from now on, anytime in the future, Anybody in the world who clicks, who Googles, 
Israel, Jerusalem, Palestine will come to our websites and to our information, or at least also, not just to the Arabs. Uh, because, again, there is a political war against us, and unfortunately Israel was not too effective, and I don't want to lament here about the Israeli bureaucracy and lack of funds and many, many other things that uh, were not right and still are not right, but I do believe that um, grassroots um, volunteer operation has, has, has a value, has a meaning, maybe even more than government, because I'm not paid to do what I'm doing. Uh, so I do it because I believe it, and I believe it, and I know it, like many, many others. So it's more authentic, maybe, more credible, the message is, and it's be beginning to move the needle. Not enough. It's, it's very, very difficult work, you know, after so many You're years. Climbing out of a hole. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But all the millions who share. A, uh, Jews and Christians and um, and many many others. You know, um, once once they get the information, they do get it. If they are not brainwashed, they see the evidence, they see the fact, the facts. You cannot just walk away out of it and and, and believe in all these bizarre stories of the Palestinians or UNESCO, as if uh, Hebron is a Palestinian site. Or Temple Mount is Palestine. I mean, all, all these crazy things. And uh, we'll continue to do that. And the truth about Israel, if I can plug it in for your viewers, we have a, a website. Tell them where to find you. Very easy. The truth about Israel. No spaces. Dot org. Dot il. Everything is there. Perfect. Thank you, Danny. It's a real pleasure. Very good to see you. Thanks for joining us on Because You Asked. I'm Barry Newsbaum. You can go to our website, americantruthproject.org, to get all the information you could possibly want on the subject. And you can always write to me at barry at americantruthproject.org. I will respond. Sign up on the website. It's free, and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth, go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.